foundation was found in the Liverpool College. Through the kindness of the committee of the Newsboys' Home in Everton Road, arrangements were made to feed the men. There were too many for them to be fed all at once, so that meals had to be taken in relays. At headquarters there was a certain amount of congestion, for equipment, picks, shovels and other mobilisation stores took up a considerable amount of room. Besides this, there were collected at headquarters civilian milk floats, lorries, spring carts and other vehicles which had been pressed into service as regimental transport. Horses with patched civilian harness gave the transport the appearance of a haywire outfit. After the officers had gone to the trouble of collecting this transport, it was taken away by the higher command and given to another unit. The same fate befell the second set of horses and wagons. The third was retained. According to orders, the battalion entrained under the command of Lieutenant Colonel Luther Watts, V.D., on the 13th of August at Lime Street Station, Liverpool. It was not known at the time whither the battalion was bound. In the afternoon, Edinburgh was reached, where there was considerable bustle on account of the departure of some regular regiments for the front. Crossing the Firth of Forth, the men saw with what activities the naval authorities were preparing for the reception of further warships. Dunfermline proved to be the destination of the regiment, and on arrival supper was provided by some ladies of the town. The men were accommodated first in tents at Transy, and afterwards in billets at the Carnegie Institute, St. Leonard's, and the Technical School and Workhouse. The inhabitants of Dunfermline and the district were extremely kind to all members of the battalion, and almost every man had an invitation to visit newly formed friends nightly. There were not at this time enough blankets in the possession of the authorities, so that an appeal was made which brought forth an ample supply of civilian blankets. Colonel Hall Walker, T.D., the honorary colonel, gave the battalion five hundred pounds when it was at Dunfernland, which was expended on extra clothing and other comforts for the men. It was a very generous sum, and proved of great value. The usual training took place, and considering the circumstances a high standard of efficiency was attained. In October the regiment proceeded by train to Tunbridge Wells, where it remained until it proceeded overseas. The training here consisted of an early morning run, followed later by a battalion route march or field practice. Judged from later standards, the training was not as intensive as it might have been owing chiefly to the facts that, unfortunately, no parade ground was available, and little if any assistance was afforded by higher formations. An occasional night alarm also ordered by higher authorities discomforted everyone and did little good. Recruits were sent to sandwich for musketry, and the battalion assisted in digging trenches, machine-gun emplacements, and other defensive works on the inland side of the canal, originally constructed by French prisoners during the Napoleonic Wars, and which skirted Romney Marsh. Half the battalion, that is, four companies, was sent to assist with the London defences near Ashford, where the men learnt to construct what the Royal Engineers were pleased to call low-command redoubts, and which were badly sighted on forward slopes. The experience gained, however, proved very useful afterwards in France. Parades at Tunbridge Wells finished early in the afternoon, which afforded ample time for recreation. The townspeople were very hospitable, and extended cordial invitations to the men, who availed themselves freely of them. At Christmas time the men fared sumptuously through the generosity and kindness of their hosts. In January, a company was sent to guard cables and vulnerable points at Burling Gap, Cuckmere Haven, and Dungeness. Several other duties afforded diversions from the usual training programme.
While at Tunbridge Wells, the greatest keenness was displayed by all. Officers were jealous of anyone who was lucky enough to be sent on a course of instruction. There were voluntary classes for the study of tactics, at which the younger officers sedulously studied the principles of outposts, advance guards, rear guards, and so on. Everyone wanted to know more of his new profession. The thirst for knowledge was not adequately quenched, as there were, unfortunately, too few courses and too few instructors available. Such an ardour possessed the men for the fight, that in some it reached the pitch of fear, lest they should arrive too late upon the battlefield and receive only a barless medal. Some actually wished to transfer to another unit, so as to ensure getting out at once. When at last the anxiously awaited order came that the battalion was to go over there, one officer was overcome with exultation. His intense joy at being allowed to serve his king and country on fields more stricken than parade grounds was clearly...